Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit peopleofhope.church. Amen. Good morning. We're going to look at two more attributes together. Uh, The first attribute we'll look at is the goodness of God, and the second attribute we'll look at this morning is the faithfulness of God. Now let's kind of talk about those before we jump into our notes this morning. Uh, Something is good uh, is what you talk about when when the person eating dinner with you asks, okay, you ordered this off the menu, it just came to the table, how is it? You're just like, it's good, it's good. You're talking about the quality of the experience. How was the movie? It was good, it was really good. If it was exceptional, it moves from good to what? Great. It was, it was something that was great. We're not talking about God is good in terms of the quality of God, as if you could look at God and evaluate him and go, you know, I don't know, I, he's good. We would never say that of God. What we're talking about here in his goodness is the fact that in his heart, in the heart of God, resides a purity of goodness. He is a good God. If you can make out the image on the screen this morning, our first sort of definition of God's goodness says this. It's not describing God's moral behavior, meaning this is not saying he's a good boy. The goodness of God is not describing his moral behavior, although he is the standard of good and right action. True? That's who he is. He always does what is right. He is infinitely good. But we're not describing his moral behavior. What we're actually saying here, this is God's predisposition to act in our favor. God is predisposed to act in our favor. And you may say, why is that? How can that be? We are not all that consistent. We are not all that faithful. How is God treating us with such goodness? It's because he has a kindness that is a part of his nature. He has a goodness that is down deep. So one of the things that might be important for you to hear this morning is is that God's not mad at you. That God is for you. And that whenever God bestows a blessing, whenever God opens a door, whenever God answers a prayer, it is not because you twisted his arm. It is not because God's looking at your list of rights and wrongs and going, I don't know, I guess I'll throw you one here. It is not those moments when God blesses, when God favors, when God answers, when God opens a door, it is out of the deep bottomless well of his goodness. He's just good to us. He is kind to us. He is thoughtful toward us. God is predisposed to act in our favor. Let's look at some scriptures together. And these may be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, We'll roll through these things and hopefully you can see them on the screen out here as we sort of battle the daylight. This one is one you've probably heard of before. It's Psalm 34, uh, verse 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is what? Is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Let's look at the next one. This is from Lamentations. I don't know if you spent any time in Lamentations this week, but this will sort of help you out if you didn't get a chance to go there. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Let's look at a verse from Psalm 119, verse 68. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. The word decrees is about his laws and his instructions. 
book of Nahum. Maybe after you were in Lamentations, you were in the book of Nahum this week, minor prophet. Uh, the Lord is good. This is Nahum 1.7. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust him. So let's stop right here for a second. He cares for us. He isn't a, a reluctant giver of good things. He has goodness. He is predisposed to act in our favor. It's part of his character. One more passage today. Uh, we're going to look in Matthew chapter 7. And this is one of my favorite uh, tellings of Jesus about prayer and the goodness of God. And he says, this is Matthew 7, 7 to 11. Um, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is such a beautiful expression of the heart of God. Do not be afraid to go before him. Do not be afraid to ask of him because he is for you and he loves you and he is full of goodness. I was reading our book, The Knowledge of the Holy, this week, the one we're studying together. If you've jumped on that train, um, and A.W. Tozer has this great quote about prayer. Listen to this. Prayer is not itself meritorious. It lays God under no obligation nor puts him in debt to any, meaning when you pray for something, God's like, oh, no, they asked for it. I guess I have to do it. God's not put under any obligation. But listen to what Tozer says. He hears prayer because he is good and for no other reason. God chooses to welcome us, to ask of him. God chooses to invite us to ask of him, to seek him and to knock. Let me give you four quick things about the goodness of God this morning, and then we'll move on to the faithfulness of God. Number one, I want us to understand that God delights in leading us to joy. God is not against you. God is not somebody you have to convince. God is for you. He delights in leading us to joy. And so my challenge to us this morning is that when you think about who God is and his delight in leading us to joy, that should cause us to love him. If you're around someone who is thoughtful, if you're around someone who cares for you, if you're around someone who says, I just want to do this just because, not because there was an occasion or not because I'm trying to pay you back, but just because I want to show my love for you, that makes you love that person. And as you think about the goodness of God this morning, let that stir up affection for God. One of the best ways to grow as a believer is to tend and cultivate your affection for God. Because if you can get affection boiling down deep in your heart for God, it will lead to devotion it will lead you to walking in ways that are right. It will lead you to, to deeper and more passionate worship. And it will lead you to be a person who is naturally evangelistic. 
Because you're not trying to give a sales pitch or to think about some theological principles. You're talking about the one you love. And the goodness of God, the fact that he delights in leading us to joy, should make us love him. Number two, because he is good, he is approachable. Isn't that good news? Because he's good, he's approachable. We don't have to keep our distance from God. And whatever your week has been like, whatever your summer has been like, whatever your last six months or last six years have been like, maybe you've been sinning and just sinning hard. You do not have to keep your distance from God because he is good. You can approach him just as you are. I love the C.S. Lewis quote from the Chronicles of Narnia where they're asking about Aslan, who is the Christ figure in the, in the story. And, and one of the children says, is he safe? And the answer is, oh, no, <laughs> he's not safe, but he's good. And so we can respect and have awe and reverence for the eternal God that we've been talking about all these weeks. But we don't have to fear approaching him. He is approachable because he is good. Number three, because he is good, he is patient. Can I get an amen on that one this morning? Thank you, God, for being patient with me. God is patient with you. Hopefully that lets you breathe a little bit. Maybe you're thinking about your life recently and the fact that God is patient with you just can bring a little peace to your heart. Well, I want to ask you to take that a step further. And if you can, can absorb and understand that God is patient, then I want to invite you to be patient with yourself. Some of you, you're your own worst critic. Some of you, you're the one who, you're the only one replaying the video of your face plant from four years ago or 14 years ago. For some of you, you're thinking that God's mad at you about what happened and you're thinking that God's upset with you that you're not further along or that you haven't conquered that habit yet and all of those things. But listen, our God is good and part of his goodness is his patience toward us. So friends, be patient with yourself. At People of Hope Church, we like to say, none of us have all of our junk together. Amen? And at this church, we like to say, if you're a a work in progress, you are welcome here. Because all of us are a work in progress. Be patient with yourself as you grow in Christ. Last one, number four. Part of God's goodness is he is generous. God's been generous to you in your life, hasn't he? He's been so generous to me, so, so kind, giving me more than I deserved. God is generous with us, so that should lead us to be grateful and to worship. I encourage you on a regular basis to begin your times of prayer with a time of gratitude. Because as you go through a list of the blessings, go through a list of God's kindnesses in your life, as you go through a list of all the things that you don't deserve but God has put in your life, the family, the friends, the possession, the job, the house, the health, the, the, the wholeness in your heart, all the things that God has given you, when you start there with that kind of gratitude, it expands your view of God and it leads you to pray with 
boldness and leads you to pray big because you remember our God can not only do anything, but he is generous. And Matthew 7 tells us to ask and to seek and to knock. And all of a sudden you're asking bigger prayers because you're realizing God is not up in heaven going, uh, don't ask me for anything else because I gave you something last Tuesday and you've had your quota for June. Our God is a generous God, amen? Let's pray like it. Let's pray like it. Let gratitude, let thankfulness be a big part of how you respond to God. As we look at all the attributes that we've seen about God, His his unsearchable ways, His limitless power, His justice, His mercy, coming in today, we're focusing in on His goodness. All that power does not bring us to terror because it is also including deep, incredible love that shows itself to us as goodness. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And that's part of his character. It's one of his attributes. The second one we'll look at this morning is his faithfulness. God's faithfulness. And in terms of this one, I want you to think about this. A little definition will come up on the screen for you. He keeps his promises and will always remain true to all of his attributes. Let's unpack that for just a little bit. He keeps his promises. God is faithful. It may be three months. It may be three years. God never promises a timing, does he? But he is always faithful. God has never forsaken his people ever. And it will not happen. He always keeps his promises. And he is always true to all of his attributes. So God is always powerful. God is always just. God is always merciful. God is always good. God is always faithful. All of those things together. He is faithful. Let's look at some scriptures related to these things. The first one's in Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Therefore, excuse me, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. And he is the, what? Faithful God. Keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Check this out from another passage in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. He is the rock. It's talking about his immovability and his constant quality. God doesn't move. God doesn't change. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. Two more passages. One in Psalm 89. This is a mascal, or it's a, it's a song, it's a poetic song of Ethan the Ezrite. And it says this, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever and that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself.
Here we see the psalmist saying, your faithfulness is firm and established, and I'm going to sing about it. I'm going to declare it. One more passage of scripture coming out of 1 Peter. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. This is one of those verses that leads us beyond just the quiet understanding of the attributes of God. This goes down beyond theology and it gets down where the rubber meets the road of our lives. If you are suffering, it is because your sovereign God allowed that into your life. Amen? Nothing slips by him. Nothing gets past the filter of your Father in heaven. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And if you are suffering according to God's will, then the posture you should take is to commit yourself to your faithful creator. Commit yourself to your faithful creator. Meaning, if you are suffering, trust that he will come. If you are in a pit, trust that he will deliver you. Commit yourself to your faithful creator and continue to do good. Don't let bitterness overtake you. Don't let frustration overtake you. Don't accuse God of not being true and not being faithful and not being good. Trust him that he is always at work for his glory and for your good. And it may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may be, it may be next week or next month or next decade. But God will always be faithful. And this passage in 1 Peter is trying to buck up the believers and saying, look, if you're suffering, it's allowed suffering. God gave permission for that suffering to come into your life. And the posture you should take is to commit to yourself to the faithful creator. I want to give you a few things here about the faithfulness of God. Number one, Because God is faithful, he is trustworthy. He is a guarantee. He himself is a guarantee. He is trustworthy. He keeps his promises. He always does all things that are in accordance with his character and his nature. He's trustworthy. What are you dealing with right now? What struggle are you facing right now? What relationship is in conflict right now? What deep need, uh, what deep longing in your heart is unfulfilled yet? You can trust God. He will be faithful. I don't know when, but trust him. Trust him. Some of the sweetest acts of worship are when you wait on God in faith. Some of the sweetest acts of worship are when you wait on God in faith. Lord, let it be today. Answer this prayer. Provide for this need. Come through God. Help, rescue, deliver, fix, repair. God, let it be today. But if it is not today, I will not curse you. I will not accuse you. I will trust you. He is trustworthy. There's been a little bit of uh, stirring going on in the Hollywood community because the announcement was made of the next actor who's going to play Batman. Does anybody know the answer to that question? Does anybody know? Hello? 
Robert Pattinson is going to play Batman next. The guy from Twilight um, is going to play Batman next. Already in the room, some of you hadn't heard the news. You're like, really? No, that can't happen. Really? Is that the best they could do is Robert Pattinson to play Batman kind of thing? So you hear a name and you kind of go, oh. Here's what I want you to think about the faithfulness of God. It's as if someone said, this next film is being made, and this is who they've cast in the lead. And you're like, oh, really? They cast that person in the lead? Oh, that's a, I can't wait to see that. That's a slam dunk. That's going to be amazing. That's the best choice ever. That is the perfect fit for that casting. That is absolute great. That's, that's just money. That is guaranteed amazing. And what it is for us to walk through trouble and difficulty is to say, who's going to come through on this? Oh, wait, it's God? Oh, he's faithful. That's a guarantee. That's set. I don't have to worry. That's a, that's a slam dunk. God is faithful. Oh, that's who's handling this right now? The God? The God is handling this? Oh, I can rest a little bit. I can sleep at night knowing that the God of the universe is at work on the struggle that I'm walking through right now. I'm so glad they, that he's on the job. And by the way, you can rest at night because the weight of the world is not on your shoulders. It's on his And friends, he is absolutely capable. And he's good. He's for you. Number two this morning about the faithfulness of God. Faithfulness is his nature. His ethic is fidelity. The word fidelity means faithfulness. I so admire the Marine Corps and their, their, their this big slogan, mantra, creed of semper fi, semper fidelis, always faithful. That's who God is. His, he cannot ever be anything other than faithful because it's in his nature. It's impossible for God to be unfaithful. That is the ethic quality of who he is. He will always come through. You and I, on the other hand, sometimes somebody gives us a task and we, oh, I forgot. Or somebody gives us an assignment you're like, oh, I kind of get overwhelmed. Or we sleep in. Or we forgot to write it on our calendar. Or we do all these kind of things. And, but that never happens with God because his ethic, his nature is to always be faithful. Therefore, you can absolutely trust him. He will come through. And maybe one of the best responses you can have to that this morning is just a little mustard seed size bit of faith that you would dare to let your heart start to believe that, that God will come through in the situation you're in. Trust him just a little bit and then trust him a little bit more tomorrow because our God is always faithful. Number three, God's faithfulness tells us that he will not change, that his character is constant. He is rock solid today as he was yesterday and will be forever. So therefore, we can depend on him. We can lean on him. If you attach your life to God, if you attach your life as a disciple of Jesus, you will never be disappointed. He will forever be faithful, constant, unchanging. And then finally, number four, God's faithfulness tells us that he does whatever is necessary in order to be faithful. God is willing to go into whatever is necessary in order to be faithful. Would you think about the cross for a moment? How far did God go to be faithful to his people? 
to make a way for his people. God gave his only son as a sacrifice to die for the guilt of your sins and my sins. I love the lyric of the song, Reckless Love. Think about that lyric for a minute. There's no shadow he won't light up. There's no mountain he won't climb up. There's no wall he won't tear down. Lie he won't tear down, kick down, climb over, (laughs) demolish. He's faithful. And he is willing to do whatever is necessary in order to demonstrate his faithfulness to his people. So, what is the response of the people of God to the goodness of God and to the faithfulness of God? He is good, so we should do good. One of the ways that we want to live this week is to resemble God, to look like God and do good. So do good this week. Would you show the people in your family and in your friendship circle and at your office that you are for them? Would you show them that they don't have to earn your love? Would you just do something for them just to show your goodness toward them? Would you do things for them just to show your love for them, not expecting anything in return, but just as an outpouring of goodness? Would you take steps this week to try to be like God in that way? Would you be faithful this week? Keep your word. Do what you say you're going to do. Be faithful. And when the friend around you goes through trouble and it looks like a lot of drama, don't bail on them. Stay in the moment and walk with them. Stay by their side and help them and encourage them. Be their rock in their storm. For when you show faithfulness to other people, you act a whole lot like God. Last little verse that's going to come up this morning for you. It won't be on your screen. It's just, I want you to hear this verse. You've heard it before. Psalm 23, verse 6, talking about the goodness of God. Surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of your life. There is a pursuing quality to the goodness of God. And wherever you go for all the days of your life, he will be faithful. You can trust him. You can trust him. So, I failed a class in college. I'm not proud of that. Students, don't do that. Work hard. Do what you're supposed to do. It gets worse. The class I failed was weightlifting. Now, as a guy, just to even say that out loud, that, that, that's humbling. Because people start to ask, dude, you couldn't lift a barbell? What? What's the thing? How do you fail weightlifting? Well, you, don't, you fail weightlifting by not showing up. And there was a point where I had so many absences in the class uh, that I showed up one day, and the professor who was teaching the weightlifting class was like, uh, done, why are you here? I was like, uh, it's class. He was like, man, you blew past your allowable absences a couple of weeks ago. You might as well go home. You are done in this class. It was heartbreaking. It was a mess I had made for myself. I'm going to tell you a little bit of the backstory of what was going on in my life. 
I dated a girl in high school. We dated through some of our junior year and all of our senior year, and then we actually went to another state to college together at Baylor University. We started college together, and so I showed up to college as a freshman with a girlfriend. In that freshman year, we went through August and September and October and November, and right at the semester break in December, she came to me and broke up with me. She dumped me for a senior music major. Six months into my freshman year, and it wrecked me. It absolutely wrecked me. I became withdrawn, depressed. I had a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. I actually even stopped going to class, particularly the class that was at 8 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday way across the campus, a class known as weightlifting. I was an absolute wreck. And somewhere in the bottom of that pit, my plans had absolutely changed from what I thought was going to happen. My plans with this person changed from what I thought was going to happen. My plans for how college was going to go had absolutely changed. And somewhere in the bottom of that pit, the Spirit of God began to give birth to a little bit of faith, not in my ability to make things right, but in God's ability to restore what had been lost in my world. And slowly, little by little, through January and February and March, Hope began to rise in my heart. Not because I thought I could fix it, but because God was giving me an invitation to trust Him because He's good and He's faithful. January, February, March, and in April, I start going on road trips with this music group I'm a part of. We would do concerts all over the state, and we would carpool together. And I started carpooling in April with this gorgeous blonde girl named Stacy. <laughs> and I was hooked. And we fell in love. And all that was stolen and broken and all the hurt and shame and embarrassment, all that empty was filled up in my heart, not by a woman whom I'm absolutely crazy about and we've been married 29 years. And I, but here's the thing, my heart was filled up because I have a story of telling you our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. He will come through. And maybe you're in the darkest days. Maybe you're in the bottom of that pit. And maybe your thing hasn't turned out like you thought it would. Maybe your circumstances have just taken a turn and gone south. And maybe you're struggling to find hope. Well, let me say it to you very clearly this morning. Hold on and have faith in God. Because I can't tell you if it's next week or next month or even at the end of the summer. I can't tell you when. But I do know this. God always keeps his promises. And he brought you here this morning to remind you of that. Our God is a lot of things, including he is good and he is faithful. 
Let's pray. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning and just, would you lift up faith to God right now and say, God, I'm struggling to trust you. But I trust you. However you can say it to God, whatever you need of God, would you ask him to come through? Would you ask him to help? Would you ask him to restore, to deliver, to repair, to heal, to fill up, to change? He always keeps his promises. And he's not mad at you. He loves you. So ask and seek and knock. Because if your earthly fathers know how to give good gifts, oh man, oh man. Just watch what your heavenly father can do. Let hope rise in your heart this morning.